Ne'er Shabbos, Parshas Ekev. Wow, we're in the second Parsha of the Shiva de Nechemta. And uh, according to some of the Swarm, that the seven weeks of the seven Haftorahs has a certain parallelism to the seven weeks of Sirius Oimer. And that means this would be the Shabbos of Gvura, which is a very interesting thing. I guess if you learn the Haftorah, you might be able to find some of that in there. I'm not going to get into that. Maybe one little verse of that I'll say. But um, one of the things is, of course, the very beginning of the parsha. Many of the tzaddikim explain, what does it mean, Ekev Tishmeun? So Rashi brings down, Mitzvah that a person tramples on with his feet. In other words, something his heels trample on these things. It means it's something that people just step on. Um, I was thinking about, it reminded me of a, of a vort from, that I heard from Rav Zolti, Zecher Tzadok of Rocha. He was a Rav of Yushalayim. I think he passed away in 83, maybe, maybe 86. I don't remember exactly the year. But he had this idea that um, every trade, every craft has its uh, waste product. You know, a silversmith, a blacksmith has all those metal shavings. And it's all on the floor of his shop. And he's stepping on it. And, you know, maybe maybe at the end of the day he'll clean it up and wait the next day. <clears throat> a carpenter has all the sawdust from the dust from the saws. And and each, each trade has its own waste product. So when it comes to, when it comes to education... There's no such thing as a waste product. Everything, every student you teach, chas v'shalom, there should be no student that ever falls down to the floor and is stepped upon. We have an alumni, his name is Sani Perlman. He's uh, involved with um, youth struggling with addictions and everything. And he, uh, somebody told me he had said recently that the core problem is a feeling of worthlessness. That's the core problem. And we could deal with all the other problems until you deal with that problem. It doesn't, it doesn't help. And I think that this is something that's very, very choshev to, to realize that via Ekev Tishmun, it's important never to trample on everybody, on anybody. And this is this is really some things, when, especially when it comes to education. Uh, working in Neve, we see how many students that their teachers never never listen to them or never want to listen to them. Maybe they listen to them once, maybe twice, and then they're like, uh, "We got a whole class to like, you know, that's no shaykhs or that whatever they, however they indirect insults or sometimes direct insults where a student feels that they're worthless." And I think that that's a huge yisod over here. Um, that this is that mitzvahs also, no mitzvah should ever be trivialized. Or saying, ah, that's just a, a minhag. Rav Gamliel, um, every ben Azmanim always tells us that you know you have to make sure when people go on tiulim and when they go traveling, it's the derech is muad leperonius. Traveling is. It's basically you're opening yourself up to tragedy or calamities. And chas v'shalom, we shouldn't suffer from them. But there's so many different things where a person could do to 
alleviate some of the sakana. And of course, one is tefillah sederach. And Gamaliel always suggests, he says, melach, salt, take salt with you. And every time, have a meal. Don't just snack. Have a meal, sit down, wash, and have bread, make a mozi, and dip it in salt. It's not enough, he says, not enough that there's salt inside the food. He says it brings it down. It's a farish. He says the Mishnah Brewer and the Shulchan Aruch, they say that the, from the Svarim Kedoshim, that salt on the table has, they say that the Satan is mekatrig when a person sits down to eat. There's a kitrig happening. And the salt keeps him at bay, keeps him away. So, you know, we, he says you don't know how many tragedies this could prevent. Rabbi Gamliel said that he was on his uh, on a teal with his family, with a, quite a large group of people, and they didn't have salt, and they wanted to wash. And he says, "Somebody go get salt." And he says, "Rabbi, it's a tati, whatever, zaidi. It's a until we get it, it's going to be a long time." He says, "Okay, we'll wait." It, t- it took them close to five hours till they got salt. And he says, "You know what? Nobody died. Nobody died. We're starving." Really? You're hungry. You've got something to drink. You can drink. You can have a snack in the meantime. Yes, ideally, you should have a meal. We'll have a meal when we can wash and do it properly and keep the satan away. Okay, these are small things. These small things are who knows the effects. People who are himmeldik yidden, they know these effects. So that's a, one thing I want to share with the island. There's a, a very interesting, the Kajnitz Magid, huge, huge tzaddik, but Talmud Chacham Mashpia Rebbe. He says, He says that the concept of the Ekev here really means that a person should humble himself. And when a person humbles himself, it doesn't mean a person doesn't have a feeling of worthless, it doesn't have worthlessness, it means he understands that all of his value is something that is given to him from a Baruch Hu. I'm not the one that makes my value per se, but, um, or if I do something good, I shouldn't take pride, oh, I did it, I'm so good. No, we should understand that a Baruch Hu gave us the Koach. I, I have a little bit of a in, in the yeshivas, you know, you ask a good question, so the Rebbe says, Oh, say, Baruch Shekivanti. Baruch Hashem, I had Kavona. I was Mechavin to the Rashba, the Ritva, the... And I, I think it's a very nice thing. But it bothered me a little bit. This is like, ultimately, where did it come from? Especially if you're a smart person, you know, so... If you were doing research and you learned the sugya and learned some of these things, and then all of a sudden came to you from Haravanya, so you could say Baruch Kivanti. But sometimes these matanas, these gifts of figuring things out, come from a different place, and they come from a place known as Kashbarhu. Kashbarhu sends people the kavana. So I say that sometimes you should say Baruch Shinasanli Kavana, Baruch Hashem that He gave me. The deher. He gave me the insight. He gave me that uh, way that I was able to see it in that aspect and understand it some way. Right? Of course, we 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 know that 
everything's in the Torah, and the person, uh, somebody says, I tried to figure it out and I couldn't find it. Don't believe him. If you really want to find, figure it out, you'll work and you'll work and you'll find it out. Now, I don't know how it works with the, the kushas of Rebekiva Eger and how, but if a person would set his mind to it, apparently, he can come up with some answer. Just the fact that Rebekiva didn't come up with the answer doesn't mean that there is no answer. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But... Um, that's, I think, an important thing. Uh, is really that that's what is missing from the pasuk because he says that if you could say if you would were to hearken to these statutes, and you would shmartem you do bishomer means do the low tasses. And Hashem will give you everything He promised you. Beautiful. So what is the ache of aspect of it? Is is that my approach to the mitzvahs? I look at it as instead of feeling I'm entitled. I'm a ich bin a yid. It's magiali because I'm a yid. Everything should come comes to me. Rather, Baruch Hashem, I feel humbled that I have the schus to be a yid. Baruch Hashem, Hashem brought my neshama into this world as a yid, and it has a shaykhus to Torah. A person can feel humbled at the matanas he has. I think that's the pro- appropriate approach. Not to, again, um, you know, it's important to have Jewish pride, but again, not in a entitled way. I, uh, pride in a way I'm so honored. I'm proud and I feel what a schus it is to be a Yid. I think that's the, the true Torah way of looking at things. Then Hashem says, I will love you. Hashem asks us to love him. But here Hashem says, you know what? If you act with modesty and you don't act entitled, then Kosh Baruch Hu will love you. And it's a huge bracha. How many times does it, do we ever see that there's a promise Hashem says, I will love you. Here it is. And I will love you. And I will bless you. And you'll be multiplied. And your children will be multiplied. And your your all the things you need in your life for Parnassah will be blessed. Baruch Tiemi Kol Amin, blessed we be from all the nations of, of the world. Lo Ye Bechah Karvach Karvim Techa. Then Vasir Hashem Imcha Kol Choli, and Hashem will remove from you all kinds of illnesses. And it, it's it's just an unbelievable thing, and it seems to be it's all Tully. It's all, I guess, contingent on the attitude we approach it with. It, it doesn't just say Vaya Im Tishmeru Im Tisha Tishmeun. It says Vaya. If you would, of course, Rashi Shabbat also is if I pay attention to the smaller mitzvahs and I use and I think about those small mitzvahs and how important they are, at the same time I feel what a privilege it is to be a Yid. Yes, to put on my right shoe first, it's a schus. To do everything the way that Yidin are supposed to do things, it is a huge schus. Kosh should help us that this week and the second week of Nechama, if we take the, the lessons I said, we'll say something from the Haftarah. Just, it's, it's a beautiful Haftarah. And, um, it, it's, uh, the Svarmak Doshim, 
mention is that we, we talk about it, a lot of this psukim were mentioned on Tisha B'Av, but um, it ends up, Ki nicham Hashem tzion, nicham kol When Hashem consoles Tzion, He consoles all the tragedies, even the Holocaust, even the personal tragedies, Hashem will console all of them. And I think that's Vayasim midbar ke'edim varvasak gan Hashem that the Arava, the barren land, will be fruitful again, and Bazar Hashem will be filled with joy and happiness. And we deserve to see Mashiach Tikkenu Bimher Bebeinu Amen. Zai Gebench.